When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Injured at work in a motor vehicle accident or had a fall in a public space? Speak to Your Claim Lawyers, a no-win, no-fee, personal injury claims law firm that specialises in maximising compensation claims for injured people. Call 1-800-YOUR-CLAIM or yourclaimlawyers.com.au. Essendon hosting Richmond in the dream time that was supposed to be at the G. West uh, WA put their hand up for it. It is now... Sold out, I believe, to take us through it. He's one of the best in the business and has been for a very, very long time. The West Australian's Mark Duffield. He joins us. Mark, thanks so much for your time. Kane, great to be on the air with you, mate. Is it sold out? Uh, sold out. It was sold out. It was 17 hours uh, the other day. There was a chance of a second round of allocations, uh, I think, today, depending on um, if some people didn't take up their full allocation. So we're waiting to hear news on that but I think we're expecting yeah 55,000 to 60,000 there obviously inevitably a few people don't know they've had mm. to reroute the long walk as well because they were going to start it at the gardens in East Perth and there's been too many people register so they're now uh, starting at the Wacker where they can gather them all and uh, walk over the Matagarra Bridge it's going to be pretty sp- spectacular because the bridge like the roof of the stadium can be lit in different colours. So it'll be lit in the Indigenous colours. They will stop at the Nikki Winmar statue, which was serendipitously put uh, next to up the stadium rather than, you know, around St Kilda or Victoria Park where the event actually happened back in mm. 1993. So all round, it's going to be a, a, an absolutely spectacular event. It's a, it's a stunning response from the, the Western Australian public. Was it one that surprised you or as you would have expected once it was announced that the game would be played there? I think I expected a strong response, but I guess when two teams from out of town are playing in town, you wonder what a strong response meant. I thought north of 40,000, I thought, mm. would go to the game. Um, uh, I think it shows that if uh, tickets are priced sensibly rather than exorbitantly, people will respond in kind. Um, and West Australians, because of the, the limited size of Subiaco Oval before they moved to Optus Stadium, uh, West Australians have historically paid for expensive football tickets. Um, so I think all those things play into it, but also just the the fact that it's a special event. And I also think, don't underestimate um, the impact that Indigenous players have had uh, mm. on the game in Western Australia. You know, when you look at Polly Farmer, Barry Cable, Stephen Michael, um, these great, great champions, all the way up until, you know, more recently with the likes of Nicky Winmar and Peter Matera, uh, Chris Lewis in the 1990s, and of course Jeff Farmer, um, Michael Johnson, Stephen Hill, Brad Hill, etc., etc., etc. There's a, there's an endless list of them coming out of Western Australia, and I think people um, understand the big impact they've had on the game, um, and I think that's been recognised with the response as well. Absolutely, C- cannot wait for that fixture. Now we're we're all uncertain how the fixture plays out. We we, we get that. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me though that Richmond would play there on Saturday fly back for a bye and then fly back to WA. I mean, so West Coast and Richmond have the scheduled bye next weekend. In Would it not make sense to bring that game forward and have the bye the following week? 
I would have thought so. And I, and I kind of was hearing noises earlier in the week that that's what Richmond expected to happen. So Richmond were expecting to stay put. But talking to people at West Coast yesterday, they were still expecting to play the game in Sydney um, uh, and fly back to Perth and then have their bye. So they were expecting to take leave next week. Now, unless something changes pretty quickly, um, of course, we're going to run out of time to, to, to have that. So, yeah, I would have thought it made sense. And I think there's an upcoming game against the Western Bulldogs as well. So it actually it might make a little bit of sense for them for them to stay put and uh, after they play Fremantle on Sunday and, and get a game out of the way. Because clearly it's going to be a very, very difficult thing for the AFL to navigate from this point forward. Um, unless the the outbreak in Victoria gets controlled and stamped out very quickly, the strain of the virus there seems so contagious that they're going to have to get zero numbers for several days, I would have thought, before they consider coming out of lockdown. And, and while they're in lockdown, the fixture gets very problematic, doesn't it? Do you sense that there's a bit more leeway with the Western Australian government now that the election is over and they possibly could put their hand up for more fixtures, more neutral fixtures? In games, you're not suggesting you're not suggesting it's always been about politics, are you, Kane? <laughs> As opposed to well, public health. Well, yeah. <laughs> Getting Look, into areas I, think, I probably shouldn't. Um, I, I think they have softened a little bit. I think, obviously, as more and more people get vaccinated, um, the dynamic of how this can be managed changes. Um, you know, I know I've had my first shot um, a couple of weeks ago, and, and more and more people following my lead. I think the, the scary nature of the outbreak in Victoria has kind of, I think that's got people thinking about getting vaccinated as well. They're starting to realise that our only way through and out of this is by getting vaccinated. Yeah, I sense the WA government has softened a little bit. I, I think even if their actions haven't um, softened a lot, their rhetoric has softened a bit. There, there's a lot of sabre rattling, you know, from the West Australian government early on in the piece about it was almost a bit of nan 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 you know, you've got the virus and we don't. Um, mm. Now it's more like there's a lot of understanding, I think, when the Victorians um, reported this last outbreak, they were we were one of the last states to, to close the borders to them. Um, so I suspect that there is a little bit more understanding. Um, and clearly what this will show the government is the opportunity that exists to bring big events to... Um, to the state and the, the way West Australians will respond to them. You know, we only get 22 games of AFL football a year unless one of our teams makes a final and hosts a final. So I think there is demand for more big games here if uh, the AFL can find a way to schedule them. Yeah. Let's talk about the big team over there. That's the Eagles. I've written about it in the paper today. I'm not thrilled exactly with where they're at with their age demographic injuries to key players and a lack of draft picks coming through. And their on-field performance has been questionable from where we perhaps thought they would be. How do you see the Eagles? And, and once again, they've been struck down by injury ahead of their game this weekend. Yeah, it was a great column. Um, um, I actually had a bit of a sleeping today, so I've just uh, I've just actually read it then after after mm-hmm. getting out of bed. But um, it's a great column. Um, I think the the issue of young talent, particularly young midfield talent, coming through is a massive issue for them. I think it it forced them into. Um, or maybe persuaded them into a selection error last week when they played Essendon and they picked Elliot Yo off a very mm. short preparation. He was on managed game time when they lost the two players to injury early in that game against the Bombers. They were really cooked. Um, I think one of the Bombers was still in touch early in the third quarter. 
it was almost like the winner of the game was inevitable just because West Coast weren't going to have the fit soldiers to cover the ground. Uh, um, their reticence to pick a young player like a Xavier O'Neill, who's in the team this week and has played... He played five games last year and, and he's played four this year. I, I would have gone with Xavier O'Neill and I would, if I was them, I'd be trying to find out more about him between now and the end of the season. Mm. These things are hard to do when you feel like you're in contention. But you get the feeling now that unless something changes dramatically for West Coast this year, they're not really in contention. And really what they're fighting for is a spot at the bottom end of the eight and, and, and maybe another final as opposed to really challenging deep into September. Um, O'Neill has some hope, I think, as a young midfielder. Um, Zane True, who's in the squad this week, he has some hope. I think he, we haven't seen a lot of him yet. He was a, a highly touted prospect before sliding down the order at the at the draft and, and ending up as a rookie pick for, for West Coast. Um, so there are a couple there, but clearly their riches lie in the in the tall key position stocks. Um, you know, Josh Kennedy's 33, Shannon Hearn is 33. Those guys don't cover the ground like they used to. And, and they're a bit out of balance too, I reckon, Kane. Like, mm. I think they're, they're reluctant to play Oscar Allen as a forward ruck, which they've done in the past, because he is such a highly prized asset. Mm. And they don't want a monster like a Shane Mumford sticking a knee through his spleen or something like that in a ruck contest. So they've, they've ended up with the extra tall playing, and that's robbed them of run again through the middle, I think. And I think that's been a problem for them. And I actually reckon it's cost them two games. I reckon it cost them the game against St Kilda when they were five goals out, out in front and ran out of legs. And I reckon it cost them the game at the weekend against the Bombers. Um, I think the Bombers are very promising, but I'm not sure they're, as, they're quite as far advanced as people think they are, just because I think West Coast selection makeup actually did them cold on, on the weekend. Yeah, uh, and injuries piling up there. Uh, good to see Luke Edwards, who is the son of Tyson, making his debut probably for the Eagles on the weekend. Uh, what about uh, the Frio Dockers, a big name and one out of contract young midfielder Adam Cherrett. Now, he's had a contract on offer, according to the Dockers, for some time now. He hasn't signed it. Where do you expect? What's your gut feel about where he plays his footy next year? And should the Dockers be concerned? Oh, I think they should be concerned, but I think they still are optimistic and confident he'll stay. I think the, I reckon one of the issues is going to be they put a four-year deal to him. Um, it's a big one. It's close to $3 million over four years. Um, so I don't think they're going to be outbid for him, um, but I reckon he may be more inclined to to want to sign for two if he signs, and I reckon he's still making up his mind if he's going to sign. They still they still seem comfortable and optimistic about keeping him. You get you kind of get a sense when a club gets concerned. I'm, I'm not sensing that um, yet, but I don't think he's he's over the line yet. So. If you're asking me out of 100, I reckon he's probably 55, 45, maybe 60, 40. Um, still in their favour, but um, they'd want to continue to show that um, they're on track. And, and you're kind of getting mixed messages from Fremantle mm. on that front at the moment. You know, the Port Adelaide game was a classic. It was like they were still on the team bus in the first quarter. Um, you know, like Witches Hats and Port made an mm. absolute mess of them. Then I thought they played a really strong brand in the second and third quarters and kind of put it to Port a bit. And, and you thought, oh, you know, they might get something out of this, but they can't kick straight. That's a massive problem for them. Um, and, and it's been a problem for them all year. And um, and obviously, in the end, they didn't do enough scoreboard damage to make Port worried and Port were able to kick clear again at the end of the game. I think they'll be pretty competitive against the Bulldogs uh, on Sunday um, because it's here and they play very strongly here. And I 
think their brand will go okay against the the doggies, mm. um, but they would want to perform, continue to perform um, strongly enough to, for Chera to think that there's a future there. If you look at their engine room as it might look in two or three years' time, I reckon Sean Darcy's been one of the the untold stories of the year. I think he's True. emerged as a really really good young ruckman. Yeah. Um, of Brayshaw, there's been a lot of talk about and has played very well. Chera, you would have seen his class on deck against mm. Port last week, just a couple of moments, you know, handballs in heavy traffic. And, of course, Sarong, the, the, the rising star winner from, from last year. That's a good young engine room in the making. Um, they could do with one more good tall forward um, and they could do with getting their tall defenders fit, which has just been a massive problem for them. They, they've got them, they just can't get them out there. Um, Alex Pierce is now, he's probably due to play his first full game in the Waffle this weekend, and they should get Griffin Logue back from injury this week. So, um, yeah, I think still more likely to stay than go, but but not that much more likely. And they could do with kicking straight. You alluded to that. I, I, I can't believe a player who I see as, you know, one of the most confident men and footballs we've ever seen, Nat Fife, marking the ball from 25 out directly in front and going around the body. Now, he's kicked 5.17 for the year. It's been well documented. But for such an experienced, confident, two-time Brownlow medalist to do that, and I know it's it's not uncommon for players to do it, but did, did that surprise you that he would go to that tactic? It's, it's, look, I think the fact that he's gone to that tactic tells you he's not confident in set-shot drop punts. Yeah. The, the thing that probably disappointed Justin Longmere and, and the thing that surprised me was the lack of time he took over it. Mm. If you're going to kick that ball, that has to be aimed you have to like set yourself up to do it and you have to aim it at the right goalpost because any curl is going to take it left and uh, it, it was almost he didn't take the time he needed which had a, a, a double effect it meant that the Fremantle players couldn't set up in case he missed so it meant that Port had a leg up from the kicking um, but then it was just aimed at the left goalpost. So there was a lack of thought and preparation went into it. And that probably cuts back to Nathan right now doesn't want to be thinking about it. So it's got into his head. And, and I reckon you can go back a fair way with this, Kane. I think if you go back all the way to the, the 2013 grand final, Fife took, took, took two monstrous marks early in that game and he, he didn't score with either of the set shots. Um, I think one hit the point post on the full and the other one just went out of bounds on the full. And Fremantle went on and kicked 8-14 that day. They had as many scoring shots as Hawthorne, lost their one grand final by 15 points. And it took, talking to people close to Nathan, it took a long time for him to get over it. And I just wonder whether in the back of his mind there are all these demons, always these demons lurking about his set shots. And um, it's come back to haunt him this year because he missed a few early and it's all compounded on him. If he had kicked straight this year, he would have had one hell of a season. Mm. Um, because he's he's played very strong footy apart from that, and he probably would have you know ten or fifteen goals to his name, as well as the work he's done around the ground. So it's taking a lot off his game, and it's something that needs to be addressed. And hopefully he gets a couple under the belt early um, on Sunday and gets it out of his system. Good on you, Duff. Always appreciate your time, mate. Good on you, Kane. Good to talk to you. Mark Duffield from the West and what an occasion that is going to be. I understand it's... G'day, Mike Hussey here. Get on board Australia's best fantasy cricket game, KFC Supercoach BBL. It's fun, free and easy to play. Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005.